It's all about me, 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 me. Forget about you, 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 you. So what you gonna do, 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 do? Are you gonna get it up? Get it up? Up jumps my butt, nigga, what? That was so hilarious. That's That's my, she say up jumps my butt, nigga, what? I get it. It's like up jumps the boogie. Actually, Cisco wrote it, so are you surprised? That she and it's the way she say nigga. I love when singers sing the word nigga. It's the most. It's the funniest thing. Black singers. Did I have to say that? <laughs> please, Erica. Please. If you didn't leave me with blue balls, Erica, test the mic. Test the mic on that booty. Ebony's hella thick. Now I'm gonna start saying that. You hella thick. Wow. You hella thick. This is horrible. Nigga, you hella thick. Wow! <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Uh. Lazy millennial, rely on minerals, live like like all you can on the minimum. Welcome to another episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap. Come on, Hood, hood rap, rap to, to Head rap. rap. Give me some. What's up, y'all? Hi. It's been a long time, but we are back in action. If you don't know who we are, you're just joining us. This is not the podcast. For your feelings. It's not. It's, it's the not. Decolonized Podcast. So you, you might be uncomfortable listening to this. Even if you feel the way about the nomenclature, decolonize, and all of those different things, you have to know that. We are two black American people. We are descendants of slaves, most likely. We actually don't We know. don't know that because slavery. Yeah, yeah, so we actually don't know where our families actually come from, but you know what we do claim on the continental, these stolen United States is also black people really did create this country in a lot of ways. The country as the extant United States as we know it today. A word. The union, the institutions, and all the systems Belongs and different black things people. that you see. And yes, pretty much. Um, so this is the type of podcast that we have. Um, and it's called Hood Rat to Head Rap. This Who is not you? the pop culture podcast. Not the pop I'm culture, even D- though you resist that. We talk about pop culture. We here, do, but it's not really on that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not in order to get likes and to get shares and to get follows and for people to, you know, think that you have some type of progressive politic because you say trans a couple of times and or marginalized. Or marginalized three, four, five times in a row. You know what I mean? That's not what this place is. We're on a mission to just, you know, Stop people from stop the world from being inequitable and racist, and we're here for Black liberation um, as a means and vehicles by which to achieve um, a world that everybody can live in safely, financially, economically abundant, not under the threat of harm from systems of oppression. My name is Ebony Donnelly. You feel me? If you already know me, you know I'm from that deep piece. Oh, if you don't know that you can't go, but you're going anyway. Um, <laughs> stop going. Um, Please. And, uh, yeah, my pronouns is he, him, exclusively. Don't question it. Or catch these. You feel me? Catch these fades. You know or his booty. Erica, who are you? Sorry. <laughs> My name is Erica Hart. You can go to Severin if you want to. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> going to Severin. I'm from Severin, Maryland. Who else is from Severin? Suburb right outside of um, Baltimore, 45 minutes outside of Baltimore. I know it very well because I used to do that trek every Sunday with my mama on the way to church in some hot-ass stockings yep. <laughs> and dress shoes. And guess who leather? else is from Patent Leather? Yep, from Payless. Yep. And guess who Don't else? Don't feel good to Payless? Hey, shut up. Guess who else is from Severn? Let it flow. Let, let it flow. Is that how that goes? No. I'm thinking let it flow. Let it flow. Break my heart. Say you love me again. Um, All right, babe. My mom one. used to actually get mistaken for me and Tony Braxton. So. Your mom is hella fine as fuck. Thanks. That's weird. Okay. That's nice. uh, my pronouns are she, they. They are not preferred. Those are my pronouns. Uh, they but, may change tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So can yours. But it's mandatory that you use them. It's mandatory that you use them. It's violent if you don't. Okay. All right, y'all. So I know for those who are familiar, you know, our Hood Rat to Hair Rat family, you know, thank you for rocking with us. We've just been gone for hella long. I know y'all noticed a bit of a dip. 
Um, yeah. And the frequency with which we post on post this podcast. And we already are kind of like on a semi-regular podcast posting schedule mm-hmm. um, because we can do whatever we want. Um, and we're not necessarily inside of some capitalistic rat race of like, oh, we need to post this many times. Now, if y'all are like, I really need a podcast, like y'all need to hook it up, definitely feel free to let us know. You know, hit Erica up on iHeartErica.com and all that there. Or, you know, just... On IG. Or on Instagram at iHeartErica. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. Um, but mm-hmm. also, just hit us up if you have some specific special request around that yeah we may or may not honor the request but just let us know if y'all want to talk about something or post regularly um erica speaks all over the country and tours so we'd be hella busy we do but that wasn't why we were gone yeah. We Tell went on vacation. We went on vacation. We y'all. went on our first vacation Imagine in two years. Imagine that there. We've been working nonstop together for two years. For as long as we've been together, our anniversary is next week. Yes. So this is going to release. We're pre recording this. So this is going to release on Tuesday. And our anniversary is, we don't know, the July 27th. Our or the anniversary 28th. is the week of July 22nd. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> met on the date nap on the 20. We matched on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And then we was, you know, engaging in post, you know, meet meet up coital, coitus. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, I'll take that out. All right. <laughs> we met on the 23rd, and then it was just a wrap. You know, I was instantly, you know, feeling what was going on with her. You know what I'm talking about? You were feeling my cheeks? Yes. Yes. And your eyes and your lips and just your intelligence. And you talk a lot, man. I just Not like more that. than you, darling. Anyway, like I said, imagine <laughs> that. So if y'all could also hear in our voice, we are extremely jet lagged. I think we've tired. been on maybe in total in the last two weeks, eight airplanes. We have. Um, we've been to so many different places and we've gotten a lot of questions. I also feel like it's interesting when people see me like in public, unrelated to life, unrelated to Instagram and be like, oh, I know everything that's going on with you. Yeah, people are like, didn't you just come back from Paris? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what's your name? You know, like, how you doing? Um, so it's just really, like, interesting. Um, so some of y'all might have followed some of those stories and know everything that's going on. But before we get to, you know, what our experience of traveling while black... First of all, I'll make the distinction that we traveled to... Spain. Europe. Yeah, we travel to Europe. Europe. Yeah. So it is a lot to talk about as far as being a black person traveling in Europe. Um, but before we get to that, we want to talk about a sponsor, that one of the sponsors of this podcast, for the Pleasure Chest. Um, and actually, the Pleasure Chest workers are on strike, strike right now so they can unionize. Um, and I think it's super important for us. To keep it 100 about that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and to lift that up, considering that the platform up. that we have and the amount of people that listen. And I know that y'all listen to us, and pretty much we are grateful for that. We have really devout followers that y'all really listen to pretty much anything that we say mm-hmm. and support it. Um, and we really appreciate that. And argue that. with it as well. And our, y'all argue, with, y'all argue with it. We're here for that, too. Yeah. So we just want to lift up that the workers are on strike right now um, and that you support what the most marginalized, and in this case, would be the people, the employees of Pleasure Chest. Yes, and need. majority are, um, and it's a Pleasure Chest in New York, and the majority of whom are black and POC, queer and trans folks. Yes, um, who run that organization and who make that pop. Yes, um, and so it is a not lost on us that most companies in this country and sex toy companies are no different Mm -hmm. are led by mostly white people yes and led mostly by cisgender people Mm -hmm. um talk about you know diversity and inclusion and gender and all these different things but when your upper management does not reflect the values that you tote then you get called out yeah and that's just how it works and so We'll put a link to more information about what that process looks like for the workers at Pleasure Chest. They did a demonstration during New York City's Pride, which they shut down the store. Um, So it's really important to know that even though that happened on Pride, that this process is ongoing for them. And it's really important that inside of capitalism that we also support a movement toward equity. It doesn't always 
look the ways that we think that we want them to look. It looks like shutting shit down so yeah. that you can and pay even your sponsors hold them accountable. Yes. Hold your sponsors accountable. And that's what we did. We you know found out about this through the grapevine and we yes. held them accountable. Yes. And we continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to ask more questions about that process as well and what sponsorship and endorsement and all those things look like, let us know. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. My last thing about that. Yeah. Is that a sponsor? So I want. I feel like I've been wanting to put people up on game about like the way certain business things work. One in the social media world, it's not an exact science. It's working with influencers and working with. No, it's like, not. It's not. It's yeah. like it's not industry regulated. It is a ad hoc industry. It's an industry that just arose with the advent of social media and arose with the advent of the internet yeah. and the popularity of social media inside of the internet, which is even later than the internet. Social media is. So when somebody asks you to sponsor them, what it really is is yes, they give you you know some type of resource in some way. A lot of times it's not monetary. Um, it can look a number of different ways as negotiated by the two parties. But what it also is is an endorsement of them. Mm-hmm. And it's endorsement of them, and you take a huge risk as an individual influencer with no machine, no investors, no stakeholders behind you. You take a huge risk when you enter into partnerships with companies because the moment that they do something problematic or the moment that something is revealed to you that you didn't know, that endorsement reflects upon you. Yeah. So it's really important to do hella research. Yeah. When y'all are getting a pro, we know a lot of y'all be out here doing y'all thing. You know, on y'all influencer hype and also just just being business people in general. You're going to have companies who want to work with you. And by work with you, all they mean is that they want your endorsement so that the people that fuck with you, your audience, can then also be their audience and buy their stuff yep. and patronize their business. So that is the way it works. It is not something that should be shrouded in mystery. It is something that is... Uh, a very open and transparent process for us, but for a lot of people, it's not. Uh, we would never work with nobody like Uber. We would never work with nobody like it's a whole bunch of companies. We run the gamut of predominantly white um, problematic companies. We're not gonna work for all of them. Right. We're not gonna endorse any of them. Um, yeah. It's so also our podcast is a labor of love. If it gets picked up, then fantastic. A lot of you have suggested that we be on television shows and all that jazz, but the reason why we are hesitant to even push something like that is the whitewashing that would become of our relationship, one. But oftentimes, a lot of these networks are really in inside of businesses and also supporting politicians that you that we all don't like, right? Mm-hmm. So people like Trump, a lot of those um, news outlets, or a lot of those television networks will support him and support other politicians or support other companies like Amazon or support H&M or Dove or all those places that we have literally no interest in. So it's really important for us to be mindful of who we are, to be conscious consumers and also conscious, like, I guess, partners um, in who we work with. Yes. Um, And it's just a capitalist system and everybody got to get their coin some way, somehow. But I I think there has to be a thin line between like this, everybody got to get their coin and at whose expense are you getting your coin at the end of the day? Like there just has that has to happen. Yeah. Um, at some point but that's another podcast on capitalism which I'm really excited about crafting but that, yeah we should do that that podcast is gonna be the shit and we're gonna have to lean on some of our friends who you know have way more novel thoughts than we do on yeah. the state of capitalism and how marginalized people navigate that how you get your coin but also like the cost of getting your coin it all costs yeah so that's about that there so what people may not know is that during the course of our vacation, uh, one of my best friends from college who I've been knowing for over 10 years, I started college at UCLA in 2008. Some of you don't know that fun fact about me. I'm class of 2013. Um, but yeah, because I did an extra year. But um, one of my best friends from college named Milan was murdered, her and her mother, who I also knew very well, um, native San Franciscans. Yes, black people are native to San Francisco. That's the thing. Um, San Francisco is one of the most prominent black booming neighborhoods. And after, during the Great Migration, one of the destinations for black folks alongside L.A. and Richmond um, and other parts of California. But those main hubs, San Francisco included, um, now there's only three point. There's only 3% black people left in San Francisco, which is a very low number, one of the lowest in this country. Um, But, yeah, she was murdered. She was murdered, and, um, 
yeah, I'm hella sad. I'm hella sad about it. I think what I'm also present to is that it happened while I was on vacation. Of course, I was devastated and I broke down. I'm on WhatsApp with all my partners from, you know, in the Bay Area and New Orleans and we all over. So I'm on the phone with people and it's, you know, we're all communicating and trying to get things together and figure out, you know, what's going to happen next and grieving and mourning. Uh, but I'm also was just on vacation. So it's a little different because you get to kind of be away. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to feel some type of distancing and I, time difference, everything. Europe feels completely different than Brooklyn. Um, it is like a world. It's like I was in a whole new world yeah. that I'd never been in before. So it was a sense of distance from everything that was happening. Uh, but now that I'm back in New York, New York is like a hotbed and a breeding ground for pain. So yesterday, everything just started coming back up. Like I'm on the train and I'm in the street and it's suffering around me and it's inequity around me and it's all types of systems of oppression around me. And so I guess my spirit or whatever or whatever is inside of me with mourning, it just all had a chance to come back up and I'm insanely upset and I'm hurt and I'm angry and I'm vindictive and I'm vengeful and um, I don't really necessarily know how to mourn. I don't know if that's a thing because in this country, like me and Erica talk about all the time, like in life in general, but I, as I can only speak for the country that I'm indoctrinated into American culture, there's not a lot of conversations around death and the conversations that are around death. Um, usually like for me, entertainment value I think that's so strange growing up as a child and seeing hella movies with violence and death and, you know, not really knowing that like, oh, yeah, that's a movie, but people also die in very violent ways. And I grew up around a lot of that. But even still growing up around a lot of that, a lot of my classmates from middle school being shot and killed. And there's a lot of people that I knew in my life, in my neighborhood, other loved ones. Um, It's still never, I guess I could never contextualize what mourning looks like. Um, so yeah, I'll just read what I wrote, Mm -hmm. um, about Milan's passing. And then I think where I'm at right now is I just want to not even talk about it. Um, but it needs to be talked about inside my morning. I don't want to talk about it, but it's important. Mm -hmm. So while scrolling Facebook's endless stream of content, I came across to a link to a video about black mothers having to tell their black sons that they might one day be targets of racial violence by the police. I then saw another article, this one in Time magazine, the byline reading, San Francisco elects first African-American woman as mayor. What was notably absent from my timeline, though, was any widespread mention of the murders of Milan Ardwan and Rose Scott. No say her name hashtags honoring their deaths as part of a mass genocide of black women in films across this country. No major nonprofits, no HRC, nobody. No prominent black leaders, no Al Sharpton or celebrities, no Jesse Williams or influencers, no Black Lives Matter activists, paid intellectuals, no white person who served to gain followers, likes, or a cookie or some notch in their identity politic as a white person is using their resources or their platforms, their connections to mass media publications to talk about the murders of Milan and Rose at the hands of a deep hatred and disregard for black women the most. People will recycle that same Malcolm X quote about the most disrespected person in America being a black woman without questioning why it's still relevant some 50 years in the future. There's a time to mourn, to holler, and cry, but now it's also a time to ride against toxic masculinity, white supremacist patriarchy and apathy, and fleeting concern for black women's lives. Mama Rose and Milan were murdered, killed, a family separated permanently, a child separated from his mother. Uh, Milan has a four-year-old son. Uh, permanently, with no asylum to seek, no fanfare or nationwide march to follow. Their deaths deserve national media attention. Their deaths deserve our attention. This is a call to arms. We got to care. We got to force the world to care. We have to say their names. We have to say their names. We have to know that their murder is part of an epidemic that devalues the life of a black woman and a black film over all others. That these were exactly the kinds of deaths this world enjoys. Um, and I promised Milan, I did prom, I went to the water in uh, Bologna, Spain, which is at the very tip of Spain. And I just asked Milan to visit me and I just, I promised her that, you know, her death wouldn't be in vain. Um, so it's like for black folks, it's like, you gotta, you know, start a whole mass movement when your loved one dies. 
You know, and you got to also mourn and you got to also be sad and you got to also like see to it that, you know, that some people won't care. And I think like this was all happening around the time that the In My Feelings song got popular. So there's an article actually on Refinery29. I was presently surprised by the quality of which. And it's an album review. Drake is upset on Scorpion. Women should be upset about Scorpion by a writer, Courtney E. Smith. And it was a pretty scathing review, but it's also like I... I don't know. I think I'm just at the point where it's like things in life that are frivolous become less frivolous now that my friend was killed. Um, It's like, yes, everybody doing the In My Feelings Challenge, but Drake is actually on the album actively talking about um, like child support and how he shouldn't have to pay child support and that you know, women are, you know, scheming on child support to get rich and saying all types of just dumbass shit and just, you know, it's just a whole bunch of it's just so ridiculous um that people can then celebrate the album itself and the challenge and the song and the dance and shit. Uh, but the rhetoric that would have Drake even want to subscribe to inside of this, you know, want to be hood and want to identify with blackness and black, you know, cis masculinity in a way that is chiefly American and not Canadian. Um, but really wanting to like hold fast to that and Drake really taking advantage of and appropriating black American culture in a lot of ways. Like all of that is connected to the reason why my friend and her mom are dead. And I think people just don't see it. Um, and they just don't care. They would rather listen to Drake's album. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's going to be... That's what people are going to remember in history. Not that Milan and her mom were murdered, but that Drake had an album called Scorpion, and it came with a dance, you know, and a challenge on social media. Um, and the whole album is a celebration of a life Drake didn't live and. You know, and, and inside of, you know, trying to prove some type of blackness inside of putting your necks on black films and and talking hella shit about them. And it's just hella misogynistic and gross. And, I, you know, I listen to my fair share of misogynistic and gross things, you know, but I, I definitely have a certain vitriol around, you know, white passing folks like Drake. And I, he's white passing a lot of ways, maybe not feature wise, but you know, the way in which he lives his life. So it's just been hard for me to enjoy everyday life things um, that have a direct connection to my friend's death. And I don't know if other people feel that way, but yeah, that's, that's just where i It's a valid emotion around mourning. Yeah. I mean, all emotions are valid around mourning, but that's definitely one of those. Yeah. Yeah, so... If you, you know, can, you know, don't send me no prayers. Just, you know, dismantle white supremacy, you mm. know. Talk about Milan, Ardwan, and Rose Scott. You know, take it to your news publication that you work for, that you write for. Take it to one of these outlets. You know, leverage some of your privilege if you have any, or just tell somebody about it. Mm. Look it up online, the manner in which they died. Um, Milan was the shit. You know, that was Lakeview, and Rose Lakeview Finest. You know, Lakeview is a... I'm not even going to tell people what Lakeview is. <laughs> if you you know what Lakeview is. If you're from Lakeview or you're from the Bay, you're going to know what Lakeview is. I won't have to explain that. Um, but, yeah, that was the, one of the most beautiful people that I've, I've ever known in my life. Um, and it's a big loss. Milan was a factor. Milan was a factor. Milan was a light um, in every way. It was in the middle of getting her Ph.D., when she was killed and maybe people care more because I say that rather than it's just she was a human being mm. you know so yeah that was going on during our travels mm-hmm. and so now we'll just have to do a, a, a transition into what our travels were actually like it's just life it's like I could do a transition and try to you know make it some narrative thread but it's not a narrative thread it happened my friend was killed you know, during our travels. So this is an intentional, like, I'm going to, you know. Leave it as is. That's real. Leave it as is. That's I'm not going to try to segue, you know, for my comfort or for nobody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and just consider why. Why I would do that. But yes. So we did go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> for two weeks, we went to Spain for about eight days. And then we went to London for two days. And then we went to France, Paris for five days. Mm -hmm. 
and it was quite the experience. Now, if you follow Ebony and myself on Instagram, you know that we spend uh, with, say, either a quarter or half of our life on planes. Are you belching like I said you would? Yeah, I'm drinking La Croix. Uh-huh. Not an endorsement. Uh- <laughs> I don't know if they problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we spent like half of our life on planes. So I'm thinking this trip is going to be just an easy be- breezy. We travel together all the time. But we don't necessarily travel for vacation. We travel for work. So our itineraries are pretty much planned by the person that's inviting us to speak. So they're organizing any sort of airport transfer to airport transfers. They're organizing where we're going to stay. They know what we need, what's in the area. They're doing all that back-end research. And I think we were so used to that that we didn't expect (laughs) to not just have that done for us. So when it wasn't done because it was just the two of us going on a trip, a lot of shit fell apart. Yes. <laughs> I had the words fell apart in my head as you said it. So when we arrived in Madrid, it was a layover to Malaga because we were going to the south of Spain. Yes. We, um, there is, everything is in military time, right? The U.S. does everything backwards, so everybody else in the world follows military time. Yes. And we were struggling to read it, myself included. I never learned it. I never really learned. I mean, my dad always taught me just subtract 12. So I knew that, and I thought I just wasn't. But the thing is, if you got problems with math, subtracting 12 is not going to help you knowing the time. I didn't learn my time for a long time. (laughs) So we get off our our transfers in Madrid to our second flight, Malaga. And it's not even that long of a transfer. I think it's like two hours. So to go through customs and to make sure our bags get to wherever they need to get, it's going to take a little bit of time, and we don't know where we're going. Yeah. So we go through customs pretty easily. I see our transfer on the board, or what I think is our transfer, and it says go to gate three or something, gate three. So I'm like, we're going to gate three or T2 or something. Terminal two. Terminal two. Go to terminal two. So we're going, we're struggling a little bit. We get a little bit lost, but I'm like, it says to go to terminal two. We got to get on this bus or we got to get on this little um, train in the airport and go to terminal two. We get on a bus. We skip the line. The line is like at least 60 people long for this one bus. We cut to the front, say we got to get to our gate. We got to get there. We're going to miss our flight. They let us on the bus. We standing up there with the driver. We're literally like bodies to bodies to bodies all around us. We get to the terminal and they're like, yeah, your flight is not here. Your flight is at the other one. All Iberian flights fly out of gate. This was somebody from Air Europa was like skilled. Uh, Like, oh, no, they're definitely not in here. Yeah. All Iberian flights are somewhere else. And this is all happening in Spanish. Mm hmm. Which I speak Spanish. Ebony speaks Spanish too, but is shy with his Spanish. Yeah, he can like literally write a whole paper in Spanish, and I would be like, "Well, I don't know what this says." But you can, you are, you can speak, you can write and speak. I cannot write that. Okay, but you do well. I'm not writing when I'm communicating with people, trying to figure out which (laughs) terminal I'm going to. I'm speaking. So he also tells us that not only are we in the wrong terminal, is that we also will not make our flight to the next terminal. So people in Spain are very one hundred. Yeah, so I was already. Annoyed by that, like thanks, like yes. thanks for telling us that we're not gonna make our flight. That's just really like helpful. But I, you know, hard headed, go getter, Sagittarius, and like horsey, right? It's like we're gonna make that fucking flight. We're gonna run over there and make it. Here we go, mm. back on the bus, back on the train, running down the terminal. Mind you, the bus to get on there, the line was hella long. We didn't ran up on the bus. Was the last two people on the bus? We're literally against the bus door. But coming back, packed. it wasn't like that. Right. That was but going to, there. But to get on the bus, it was hella shit just to make it. So we thought we was doing something like yes, or we, oh, we made bus. it. We on the bus, we made it. Missed the flight. So on our way back, we are on the bus. Ain't nobody on this bus. These yes. are just the, the, all the people that have missed their flight going yes. to the wrong terminal. The um, it, of course, we get to the right terminal, the correct terminal, and guess where the gate is? It, the gate is like number 100 and it's essentially like 1,060 and we are at gate one. Literally. <laughs> So we have to literally run down the corridor, whatever that nonsense is, all the way to 1061 gate. We get there. And what do they say? No. Too late. You missed the flight. 
And of course, she's like, are you here for Malaga? And I'm like, yes, you we're here for I'm Malaga. Here for. Yes. And she's like, you missed it. Like, she was oh, lightweight last night. She was like, God. no. She didn't even say all that. She's like, no. No. She actually didn't say you miss it. She's like, no. <laughs> so that was just heart-wrenching. But then we went to Iberian, their little info desk. Hella people at the info desk waiting to essentially Arguing, talk to them. off. I love it. I right. Love talk to them drama. about missing their flight. I talked to the Iberian lady. And she's like, the Iberian flight. It's not, I don't know if she's Iberian, but it's the, called she, Iberian. It's the Iberian Peninsula. That's what yeah. she would call Spain. <laughs> yes. So she, Spain. so she was like, um, uh, she was like, well, why did you miss your flight? How come everybody else made their flight? I was like, how you know? You at the info desk. How you know? Right. But you, I was like, you know what? How'd you, I was like, how'd you know? And I was like, Erica, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> just agree be like we are stupid that's how we missed it <laughs> we are stupid and she just gave us new flights and we only had to sit in the airport for like two hours so that was the only first thing two only two hours but it was nice the food was delicious madrid airport the espresso was delicious it was good it was cool i think the most notable thing about that was just yeah we missed the shit out of that flight it was pretty crazy it but was all the while thinking that we was going to make it. We was going to make And the thing about this is, is I don't think y'all understand how often Ebony and I are on a flight. Mm-hmm. That we don't miss flights. I mean, we have to give ourselves some credit that this was international. And we haven't flown. We've flown international once. But even that flight was organized by somebody else. Right. So there's more to this leg of this part of the trip. We get to Malaga. All thing as well. Then we get off. We go to baggage claim. And guess what is not there? our bags of course our bags are not there we say you know what it's okay let's go to the hotel the bags will be sent to the hotel eventually we'll work it out with the hotel it's fine we get in a cab the cab drops us off in some obscure area that's not our hotel tells us to walk down the street to get to our hotel because he's past it and i get out of the car i walk to the hotel and as soon as i get to the hotel what do i not have my cell phone. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, yeah. So we in the car. First of all, we hella mad. I'm going back and forth with the lady at Iberian. Like, why did y'all tell us? So Erica asked in in Madrid if our bags were actually gonna be in Malaga. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Of course they're gonna get there." She was like, "Your bags follow you for security purposes because they don't put bags on the flight where the people are not." Which I'm like, that seems that's way not true because I didn't see hella people. Technical for y'all to manage that don't make no sense. How you know my body is on the plane and my bag no, is on the plane? They have ways I to don't check know. that. No, but there was a time where we was on a plane and somebody's bag was on there, but they wasn't. So um, shit like that do be happening, whatever the case may be. So we get there. I'm like, hey, Iberian, you know, Iberia Airlines, the person, we call it Iberian because we black and we add extra consonants <laughs> and shit, S's and N's that don't really be there. It's Iberia is the name of the airline. So we like, yeah, you know, I'm just like, hey, you know what's good? They told us that it was going to be there. Why did they tell us this? Is there a number I could call? No, not really. I was like, is there somebody I could speak to? No. I'm like, all right. So what do we do? We'll just bring them to you tomorrow. Yep. So we go. Tell Eric ain't no bags there. We go get in the, the cab. Get in the cab. Um, and then we get to the hotel finally. And Erica's like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? See, Erica just skips shit. The details. The finer details. <laughs> where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh, shit. I left my phone in there. So I'm going back. Outside of the hotel, mind you, one thing I y'all learned about me if you ever was travel somewhere with me, I hate flies. I hate flies. You the do. kind of house fly, horse fly. I don't like flies. Nets. <laughs> Any little type of fly, I'm not feeling. As soon as we get to Spain, it's literally flies everywhere. I'm like, damn, like and they're in your ear with it. Like, like they hitting you, like it's bad. Like they attack you. So we get out, I go back to try to trace my steps. Maybe Erica dropped it. It's a horse with horse shit, and the person who, like, mans the horse is spraying down the very place that we got out of. Yeah. So there's why. Actually, as a matter of fact, I had a receipt. I let the receipt drop on the ground. I was like, I don't need that. I said, Ebony, do you need the receipt? He said, I don't need it. We I so, think we I so had an attitude because we didn't get the bag. And bags. I don't litter. I don't litter. to don't get me wrong, but I just was like, fuck it. Like, I was out of here. This is a little <laughs> tiny receipt. Straw people don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
He's spraying the shit down, telling me in Spanish, like, get out, like, you know, what you Because you went to back care. to look for my cell phone. Yes. No yes. cell phone, no receipt to try to go get the receipt to see the car that we was in. None of that. The front desk is like, well, I don't know what to tell you. So we start coming up with things. Ebony has the genius idea of to look at his bank account and find the information for the cab. So that's what finds the information. But mind you, how long is the flight to Spain? It's about eight hours yeah so we are in the same clothes that we've been in for eight hours funky funky we funky for jamaica up in there we probably over eight hours because we had yeah. a layover and yeah. we missed our layover so yeah. it's now almost the 10 hours that we're in the yeah. same clothes yeah and now we stand in the lobby trying to figure out the cell phone we go upstairs to our room which is beautiful shout out to room mate mate, room mate valeria room mate valeria beautiful hotels if you're ever shout in the out south to of Spain. she you know pregnant everything you know she helped yes. the lady worked with us who helped her. us what's her you didn't say you Bailin. mumbled her name her name yes. is Baleen. Baleen. um so we eventually got our bags we yeah. got our bags my cell phone was also returned and they said that that never ever ever happens at Malaga he was also hella rude and dropped us off like around he was the rude. corner I had to pay hotel. like 30 extra dollars to get my cell phone Euro. but let me tell you that ain't no thing considering how much that phone would have cost and if for I some didn't. reason you weren't anxious about it, but there's plenty of more anxiety laden things to share with you. <laughs> so we can't tell them. It's not. We're possible. not gonna tell them every detail. It's not possible for us to tell y'all everything. There but this are- is what this is the beginning. I think it's important to note that this is how we started our trip. Yes. This is where we went rocky, and instead of thinking, "Oh, Ebony, we," this is the breakdown. We didn't check into this flight. We didn't ensure what time our layover was going to be. We didn't research that Europe does military time. It was a surprise to us. It was a surprise. We didn't make sure all of this stuff. Oh, yeah, we thought 1430 was 12. I think we Right. (laughs) No, we thought four. It's 230. We thought it was 12. It's two no at sixteen thirty I thought it was two thirty. Uh uh-uh, uh babe. Our flight our flight was at twelve thirty and we uh, we saw fourteen thirty. Oh and we thought that's correct. And it was on our You're ticket. Right. You're so right. Flood. So some things were wrong about it. It was literally on our ticket. But it was also on what you told me later, which drove me crazy, is that the terminal is on Expedia. Like they tell you which terminal to go to. So if we would have just looked at that and never paid attention to those boards, we would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was just that was the beginning and I feel like that kept happening. Like yes. everywhere we went, we just did not do what we needed to do to be prepared. We no. felt like we were prepared. We had the damn adapter charger. We had, I don't know, our passports. We did the bare motherfucking minimum True. to be prepared True. in we Europe. We packed our clothes we like eight hours clothes. before the flight and thought we, we was doing something. We thought we, we really, really did. Twerking. Our house was clean. We usually packed the, the literally the day of or the three hours before our flight. So we thought we were doing something. So in summary, the trip was amazing, but we were at each other's necks. And I think I was talking to one of my best friends yesterday, and I think... I think there was a lot of expectations for us on this trip mm-hmm. that it was going to be like Perfect. sex every day, popping bottles that of champagne and wine and drinking, eating baguettes and sitting at cafes and talking <laughs> about how much we love each other and making we out in the street. We did all that, but it was also with intellectualizing our relationship and getting in arguments and arguing about who didn't do what and X, Y, and Z. And I, I feel like we, at least me personally, had held expectations that none of that shit would happen. I mean, I also had expectations that it would go over without a hitch, but I always expect that. Right. Out of life. Right. <laughs> Everything's great. Everything, everything is great. great. We are. That's what we have in common in a lot of ways. Yeah, but you or yours is like, everything's going to be great or it's going to be hell and we're all going to die. It's like, everything <laughs> is going to be great until it's not. <laughs> and then it's, everything is going to be and horrible every, and it'll never be fixed. Everything is trash. We're going to miss our flight and we're going to get left in Madrid. That's correct. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to pay to stay in Madrid and it's going to be horrible. So... Yeah. Yeah, so there was a we talked about our relationship literally ad nauseum. I feel like because I, when you request. were reacting at my to my anxiety because I have anxiety. Yes, and I it shows up a lot of times in travel instances. It also shows up when I'm lost. Like I do not like being lost because you're controlling. I, but I also am anxious. Yeah, because I right. feel like as a femme body, if I'm lost, something's gonna happen to me. Yeah. I'm gonna wander into a place or something. It's I'm out of control. Like yes, I think and some, I think yeah. I over I uh, I under 
Like, I just didn't validate that you have anxiety. You didn't. Mm-mm. I invalidated. Yes. And I think that people invalidate anxiety a lot. I they think do. we there are certain mental health, um, just mental health capacities that people validate, like mm-hmm. depression uh, or suicidal ideation. But anxiety is like, whatever. Or if it's diagnosed You'll clinically, you know, yes. that has another meaning. Whereas yes. if somebody can't afford a clinical diagnosis or if it's something that doesn't require. all, So it's, it's all wrapped up in that. Yes. You know, my response to it. I just also was a position and was of the, the thought that like just be, I was just hella self righteous about the fact that I just think things are gonna work out because they did we made it yeah Ebony is like walk slow Californian everything will be fine it'll all work out until until it's not working out too and you do get upset I get upset at like I think so honestly the thing that really made me upset during this trip is the staring is the racism yeah um Spain. I'm going to have to say it. Our experience in Spain was incredibly racist. Yeah. But what I was present to in the shower the other day, because then you get to kind of like recover from your trip. I'm like, what was our expectation around Europe? Yeah. Europe is literally the birthplace of colonization in the country. Widespread France, like like took over like 25 percent of the world or was it britain whichever one we visited both countries we visited both yes we visited think about spain. how many think about how many countries speak spanish how many countries speak english how many countries speak french and then you can kind of conceptualize exactly so the little sort of all of those sort of travel things get into the country all those mishaps were completely different yeah overshadowed yes by the way that we were received once in the country as black people and as queer people and i think it's something to because i feel like a lot of people who listen to our podcast listen to follow us on instagram and we don't need to rehash no no we're not gonna do that the racism that happened to us Mm -hmm. in spain but i think what's important to talk about is how we dealt with that and i think when people think about racism sometimes they think about it as like oh shit that sucks but then they don't think about how the person holds the racism Mm -hmm. and how they're impacted and two people in a relationship two black people in a relationship this is what we talk about all the time is that our love is not complicit in white systems meaning that we really have to hold each other down through racism period like when we experience that and sometimes it looks like we just angry and sometimes angry at each other and we can't even really voice it because we so hurt yeah and that um, beach and Bologna, one of the um, servers slammed our drinks on the table for no reason. Yes. And he wasn't doing that to any other table. And he was slamming it. He slammed drinks. He slammed, he slammed every single thing that yeah. he brought. And another thing that he brought. Now, mind you, I'm thinking, I'm going to slap this person. I'm going to, like, hit them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what does that look? It's just so, racism is so insidious and it's so evil. And it's so genius, and it's so great, and it's in the in its design, and so sound. In that, if I hit this person, then I can't leave. Yeah, you get that. Yeah, like you don't want me there, but if I take, if I put my hands on you, I can't leave. I gotta mm-hmm. go to jail, and I gotta be in Spain, and I gotta be dealing with that. Yes. Will they deport me? Like, where am I going? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just that's the crazy part about it. It's like. And we have to hold each other through. So the holding is, for me, was one of the... It was so many highlights, but it was... My highlights were, one, our holding of each other in that. Mm-hmm. And also, like, being in Paris. Yeah. And being around hella black people. Yeah. Um, those were, like, some huge... Like, it was almost like... I saw black people and I just felt like after we left Spain. So in Spain, we also went to London. We saw black. Did you see any? So I'm trying to think. I think I counted ten. I saw. I saw less. I don't know where you got ten from. I I saw like five black people in Spain. I counted ten. And I mean, this is I don't know where you got that from. We went to Malaga and Sevilla and and Granada as well. So that's three cities in southern Spain. I saw and I counted 10 black people. Yeah. Now, some people might say, oh, this is a homogenous society. Like, there are not a lot of black people travel everywhere. They travel everywhere. Black people are everywhere and they live everywhere. You know how close Spain is to Africa? That is intentional. We could touch it. That's intentional. Yeah. That black people don't live there. And they just recently had some sort of racist immigration policy come down. In France. Yep. No, in Spain too. In Spain? Yes. Wow. Yes. In Spain as well. Yeah. But it's intentional that they keep it. They keep black people out. 
Yes. That's why, and I feel like people were always looking at us. Mm-hmm. And I, and so I much lived in, a, I've lived in Ethiopia, and I've lived in Puerto Rico, and people have always stared at me in both of those places. And anytime I travel, for the most part, I feel like people stare at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the U.S., people stare at me. So I'm used to people <laughs> staring <laughs> at the ASO. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm used to people staring, but the, the staring in Spain just look like, wait, why are you sitting down to dinner and not serving dinner? Or why are, why are you, you not? Or why are you passing by me on this beach not selling me nothing? Right. Selling me some... Like, uh, why aren't you doing labor? Yes. Like, it was a confusing schema for them. Yes. (laughs) And I think a lot of people, like, on Instagram, they was like, well, it's because you're American, first and foremost. You can't see that. You cannot tell somebody's nationality or, for that matter, racial identity. That's true. By looking at them. You can't. You race them. And that's what they were doing. Exactly. And I love when you talk about you race people. Yes. You gender gender them. People, you race people. Because how before I open my mouth, this is before I open, of course there's idiosyncrasies in language and when you speak Spanish and the different ways it sounds. Got that. Yeah. But before I open my mouth and I'm just walking down the street, how do you know I'm American? Right. Outside of some stereotype that you have about black American people. Yeah. Now, when y'all say that's another thing, too, is that and I was telling you about is like people kept saying, well, they hate Americans. And I'm like, one, that's crazy. Yeah. In a sense of like when people think of American, I think they think of white. Oh, because you that's, think? <laughs> they think of white. The, the common definition, the original initial definition of American was white. Mm-hmm. Black people were not were not citizens until the Constitution was ratified or amended to make them citizens, to make yeah. black people citizens. We were three-fifths of a person and at some point not a person You don't even all. need to go that far. All American girl is still a rhetoric that people have. That's that, oh. that, come on now. Whenever you say that, whenever people say that, they... They know the image. It's not a black person. It's not a black person. So yes. it's like, one, when you say American, you're not thinking about a black person out of ten times. Or if you are, you're thinking about some stereotype. You think I'm Jay-Z or Beyonce. That's what you're thinking about. If people thought we were them, I nobody hope. asked for an autograph. Whatever. you think, Or you think I'm trash because you're right. anti-black and your interaction with... The, the, that country's interaction with the continent of Africa is that of control yeah. and domination and resource pillaging. So when they see African people, one, they I don't know what they think, but my thought is like, one, I could never say I hate Spanish people or I hate French people. Mm-hmm. One, I don't have the privilege to be able to say that. And yeah. for people to so widely accept European people's position or assumed position of hating Americans is also anti-black. And yeah. it's also protective of whiteness. Once again, also, it's like, I don't feel American when I'm traveling. I don't feel American when I'm traveling, but Eric has some interesting thoughts about that. What do you mean you don't feel I American? Don't feel, I'm black traveling. American. I don't have no country. I feel like... But my thing is that, that, I think that's just a weird thing to say. Because if somebody was like, oh, we are raiding this hotel because there's, uh, we're sending people back to Africa. Well, let me see your passport. Are you gonna show? Be like, fine, send me back. Yes. You would miss your mama hella much. Be quiet. I get, okay, so I get that it's privilege in that, in that, and you always say it's privilege and being like, I'm not American. Yeah, you get to denounce it. Yeah, yeah. There's people that don't get to denounce it, don't get to be a part of it at all for some sort of controlling white person saying that they can't. It's ridiculous, right? But for people to be like, I hate American people, and then for me to then go to Europe and and feel for me to be deluded into thinking that they're staring at me because they hate Americans. No, people don't. People are saying that they're staring at you because they hate Americans. Just do not want to say the word black. It's okay. They're staring at you because you're black. And they hate they black people nothing. worldwide. They hate black people worldwide. Worldwide. And and starting in Spain. American. Starting in Spain. Okay? That is where the birth of hating black people came from. I'm almost certain. Portugal, Because to be fair. good, this right next to each other. Those are all invisible lines. All that shit probably used to be Portugal. Because dear God. Yeah. It is like, you can feel it. It's, it's palpable. That's what I want y'all to know, too. It's like, and Erica brought up a good point about, like, culturally staring. People stare. People do stare. People, you said uh, when you are in Ethiopia, people stare. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, in these other cultures, it's, there's nothing... I think black kids get this. Uh, there's a very like, this is our black American culture consistent messaging of like stop staring at them. Like I used a- to get literally punished for staring at people. Yeah. Like I would get in trouble. So when I would go other places, they're not getting that message. 
No. But you know why? Because our back in the day, you black people couldn't stare at white people. Yes. And I get that. Black American people could not stare at white people. Right. Or they would be killed. Yeah. Hashtag Emmett Till. Yeah. And he wasn't even staring. He wasn't even bothering. It was that all lady. a lie. He wasn't even nowhere near. But they near made it. Her. But they they said that it was the truth. And, and that's then what they said it. staring. That was punishable. Yeah. That's why they got off. They yeah. was like, I mean, oh, Jim Crow laws to be made it punishable. Right. right. They're like, you're not supposed to be staring. Gabble gabble. Right. Innocent. Right. Not guilty. So that's why I'm like, I can't. One, I'm hella proud to be Black American. I'm gonna tell people that. I'm hella proud to be black American because black American people, there's a certain vitriol that people have toward black Americans. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny, y'all, is that <laughs> Ebony, wherever we went, would speak to people in AAVE, African-American vernacular, and they had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> so, can I get a croissant? Can I get caught? Let me get a double. Oh, I'm finna like, cut. Yeah. Like, well, like, I'm just like, y'all should all understand what, what I'm saying. Oh, that's mutually intelligible. I'm oh my finna cut. God. <laughs> they're like what? May boy, you know May what I mean? Man boy, you feel me? May boy, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's so. What was a highlight for you? The uh, Black and Abroad Black History Tour. Shout out in Black Mark. and Abroad. If you're and anywhere, check out meets, Black and Abroad and Girl Meets Glass with yes. Tanisha in Fly. Montmartre. That was in Montmartre, Paris. That, that was, was really amazing. Sick. We had it was a wine um, tasting, and then we did a Black History tour, and it was, and it was all a three-hour walking tour through Paris, and it was long. I think we walked almost nine miles. It was all black because people. we also did the Lourdes that day, so we just well, did we so did the, much. We, first of all, we didn't have no vacation because every day was filled with different activities. Yes, um, I you don't want to travel with a Sagittarius if you're trying to chill. We have no chill. We have no chill. It was like, <laughs> we took a couple baths here and there. We but did. like, other than that, our day was comprised of walking and getting lost. Yes. <laughs> also, I'm really proud of my babe. She drove in another country for the first time in her life. She drove us two hours with no maps, y'all. I want, I want y'all to understand, understand that. We don't yeah. have no money to be paying $10 a day to AT&T to get the data. <laughs> Um, so whenever y'all saw us on Instagram, we wi-fi. had Wi-Fi in a car. There's no Wi-Fi. Ain't no car in a wife in the car in a Wi-Fi. And there was no GPS in the car either. Um, <laughs> things in Spain are really cool in the sense that they're hella bare bones. Like, yeah, it's not a lot of three. Even the five star hotel was like two. I mean, <laughs> we may have gotten bamboozled by that hotel. Yes, yeah. I blame Expedia. Yeah, not an endorsement. Not an endorsement. <laughs> like that was crazy. But er- we, Erica and I drove. We are we very drove. bad in the car. If y'all we're know bad us. in the car. In the car with GPS and phones. Ebony's and a horrible driver. Horrible. He tries to kill me every I'm single not, time. That's not true. Every time. So I scream and I yell. I say, "Babe, please slow down. Please slow down." And we didn't do that. We didn't do any of that. Which I also don't know. I'm an avid motorcyclist, but I didn't get my license renewed because it expired on my birthday in May. So I never got to ride a motorcycle. But Erica did. Fault we, of his own. He complained about it the whole time. Yes, because I had hella motorcycle envy. And the way people get around in Europe, it seems to be motorcycles. Yes. But yeah, Erica drove all the way to Bologna. That was one of the most beautiful drives of our it was life. so and beautiful. And we listened to hella like Spanish radio <laughs> as much as we can get it till it all went away. Because we were literally in, in the, the middle, middle of, of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Um, that beach is not like a beach that's on the map. Bologna yeah. is on the map, but. Not the beach. No, no. It's like. It was beautiful. I would go back. It was worth the racism i would go back to the beach it was it was worth it, it i don't think beautiful. nothing is worth it but that shit know. was where that was a t- tough one it was beautiful so that was a highlight um the the tour um first of all black people gonna black that's just what we gonna do so that tour was black as fuck like we arguing with each other like yes <laughs> it was totally, it was walking, really amazing we needed black people we it was really great. got to learn the history of us Paris is super black. Yeah. Um, and we got to actually, I had an experience where we were walking through uh, one of the predominantly African neighborhoods mm-hmm. in Paris, and it was this lady. So I had a, the lady who. Oh, yeah. we didn't tell this story. Yes. Yeah, so oh this was my a big, God. This is a big highlight. So we walk in. Yeah. Mark, so Montmartre um, is on a hill. It's on a hill. But then when you go downhill, you're in the like the center of yeah. African life. Little Africa. And Little Africa is what mm-hmm. it's called in Paris. 
And it is just so beautiful. Like, it's black people everywhere. It's I'm beautiful. Like, at Spain, we was starved. So yeah. when we came back, we was literally like, oh, my God. Our hearts kind of felt like my heart opened mm-hmm. a little bit physically. Same. Like, I felt a physical sensation of, like, I'm black. I'm back around black people. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think it's going to be, you know, the... It was... So this, it was... but. I, I think the thing, too, is, like, I wanted to be like, oh, it's going to be different because they're not black American people. It was a lot of black Americans there. And it also was no different because people just showed us hella love in Paris. Black folks yeah. show hella love. Yeah. I felt like I was from, I felt like I was in Africa. Yeah. Like, I want to go to Africa. I want to go home. Okay, babe. Get to the story. Point is, so there's this <laughs> lady walking. You know me. I would be speaking to everybody because I'm from East Oakland. And that's just our cultural custom. He speaks to every femme. I speak to niggas. You don't too. speak to niggas. Yes, I do. Which is I'll some be like, What's patriarchal up? bullshit. I'm still learning. They got the cis men got their own weird way of reacting and being and shit. So, you know, masculine people, period, got their own weird, like, what's up, nigga? Like, what's up, man? Like, what's up, bro? Like, they got to mumble. Every time they give each other a greeting or salutation, they got to mumble it. I'm like, hi, boo. Like, hi, hey. boo. <laughs> I'm like, you gay? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, you know, walking. A lady had a little baby on her, around her. And um, I just said hi. I said bonjour. And um, I'm thinking she making a beeline towards Erica. It's like maybe 20 of us. Yeah. I'm thinking she making a beeline toward Erica or somebody in the group. She comes straight to me and she's like, you speak English? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then she came up to me and she poked my chest. Yeah. As if to like figure out i guess what my gender, gender was i was very flat that day i have very oh my god i need a good binder um i have some binder things but like i was very flat that day i was feeling myself then she started touching my butt she touched she ebony's feeling. butt erica's watching this as it all happened cracking up every day other, <laughs> two other people on there watching it too i'm like Hell. touching my butt <laughs> like and then she like kept pressing my chest and she looked at me and she was like Put a put a thumbs up. It was like good. yes, good. Yeah, yes, good. I like. I like. It was good. And I was like, okay, that was insanely uncomfortable. Insanely, um, it's also assault. Wouldn't be the last <laughs> true, and it wouldn't assault. be the last time I had my body sexualized on that particular walk. Um, but it was tight because it was like she didn't misgender me or nothing. She didn't. She did touch me, but it was more like a. You know when old people touch you, it's like a even though it don't be. That's not a good comparison. Yeah. I think for me, because she was an elderly black film, it was like, okay. And the, the trans, you didn't, you didn't speak French, so you don't know what she was saying. I and she is, I don't know. She just was also very, if it was, it was interesting though, because if it was an old black cis man, I, I would be like, him. are you a fucking If it was nuts? a cis man, period. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting niggas all the time. Do not touch, y'all better not try me. Don't touch my But chest. anybody can... Anybody can create, anybody can cause or be a perpetuator of sexual assault. So that's not what we're saying. But this person was just being like, there was some sort of cultural mishap in Ethiopia. People just touch you. Like the conversation around consent and touch is not, and personal space is not a function. If they don't understand something, they are going to touch it. So it's like, I wonder if that is something that yeah. where she's from. It it's was just curious. Like, it was curious. It was like, because I it wasn't know, sexual. I had pecs. Well, it kind of was sexual. Like, she well, was at the end, me. but she was like, mm, huh, what's this? Like, no, she was trying to see these titties. They was oh pecking, pecked my out. God. Her brother was looking swollen and everything. Oh, so, my You know, I was really you feeling thick. myself. You I'm thick. thick as fuck. I'm thick as fuck. Um,. <laughs> I also felt really fine. You did? Yeah. I felt fine throughout that because everybody was fine in London and Paris. But yes. tell us about your time in London. My time in London was lovely. I spent it with my best friend and her little turtle baby May, yeah. who is in love with Ebony and just brushed his hair the whole time and just flirting with him. And I know what you're <laughs> up to, May. I see your movements. Um, but it was it was so lovely. I could go back to London. I could honestly go back to Paris and write. Uh, I thought Paris was completely insane. We were also in London and in Paris at, as the World Cup was happening. So England played lost. when we were in London and lost, and we and France played and obviously won. Um, so it was it was wild. I think a highlight for me though was that Black and Abroad um, tour. Like that was really it was great to just be in Europe and understand what people were saying on an intellectual level. Like I think shout I out need, to Kevy. Yeah, Kevy. I needed some like intellectual porn for a minute, and that was nice to to learn about a space beyond its historical whitewashed context. 
you know, coming from the Lourdes like museum and learning about whatever white people want you to learn yeah. to versus this is the black history. This is the history that's forgotten. I love that. And there's black American history besides that. Yeah. Baldwin. Shout out to James, uh, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, yeah. Josephine Baker. Yeah. It was yeah. so amazing. I felt more at home. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a lot more. I felt connected. I felt like we are there. We are in Paris. Like that is, that might be one of our cities. Like we, it's all of this shit is ours, but that just felt very like, like we have taken that under our wing in a lot of ways. Yeah, London has some fine brothers. Though. London was yeah. People our baby were daddy, very... our baby daddy is from <laughs> oh London. Oh my have to god! Be from London Did we get some London it, sperm? It was some fine brothers up in there. <laughs> well, everybody was fine. Everybody, Fems too. But the brothers, they was looking right. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna take some of them back. Oh well, at least Ebony was clearly. Yes. Um, but we had a we had a blast. Uh, we had a blast. I think two weeks is a long time, but I could do two weeks again. True, true. Yeah. I think Spain. We could have shortened Spain. We could have shortened. No shade to people. I know we have listeners in Spain and people who rock, rock with us and support us. But I think it's really important for Spain to acknowledge its history of the of, of being the harbinger of the transatlantic slave trade as we know it today, um, and it's still very present. the The fruits of that Spain is lush and plush, and people just chill. Yeah. How y'all think they chill? Yeah. On whose back are they chilling? Yeah, hello. I mean, you got to Spain is is not a country that's involved in many wars or anything. They enjoy like some some great, you know, kind of comfortable living. But that's not everybody does. There are you know a lot of African immigrants there who are treated like trash. Yeah, just seeking refuge and seeking asylum there. It's actually people who are black who are from Spain treated like trash. Yeah, so born and raised there are you know citizens of that country. Um, are Spanish and they're treated like trash and so yeah we can travel and we can eat all the motherfucking they got some type of fish they and chips they be putting on everything and yes. all the good ass food and paella and all the whole shit but you got to understand that that is a part of history and we felt it and it was no way that it was a race yeah couldn't be I, it was so strong it was like I couldn't get on a boat over there no I couldn't get on a boat over there a boat no. oh yeah no, that's no, real no, I'm cool that's real. It was boats too, but I'm like, there were boats. Don't want to do that. Um, so that was our trip. That's all I have to say. I think that was a big. That's a big part of our trip, y'all. Yeah. Um, I think and you, traveling together. So Erica had a couple of tips. I think you came up with uh, for people who are black and you traveling. I don't. I remember. think it's helpful to know. We were saying that it's helpful for people to know when you black and you going to Europe. It's just some things you should just know and not delude yourself about. I mean, you should re- you should read about where you're going. Yes. I think if we would have read more about Sevilla and Malaga to see the experiences of black people who have been there, we would have been more equipped. So, but I, think I read that you did not read about the experiences of black people in those cities. I did. It's like one about Sevilla, so black and Sevilla, and all the shit like. It's like I sometimes feel like with sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like there a lot of times black people just want to have a good time unmarred by racism. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times trauma will have us just be like it was cool. Yeah, I kind of felt like a lot of things that I read online was like it's totally safe. And I didn't have experience, of but being maybe safe. they didn't. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember the tools you told me. I I said. What did I say? Like, just know you're gonna be stared at. Oh yeah, no, you didn't know that. You didn't know that. You knew that. Yeah. You ain't tell me. I just don't have that as a thing. You have it like that's. I think that's one thing that when you travel as somebody from another country, you can't expect them to be, have the same social cues. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like my ex-wife looks very much like a lesbian, but we would go places, other countries and cis men would hit on her Mm -hmm. and we would be confused, but there's no social cues that that is what a lesbian looks like Mm -hmm. in the States. That's what quote unquote lesbian looks like. There's no way to look like a lesbian, but Mm -hmm. there is this stereotypical way. And she meets that Ellen, right? She meets, she looks very much like Ellen. So it's like, the social cues are not the same so to expect that is is not gonna make your trip fun yet people stare in the states people don't stare that's a social cue and a social norm that is um, no no one stay people do not stare unless they are trying they do other shit too across the board and they try it they try it here (laughs) yeah no mistake but you call them out and they won't be like what what's wrong with staring they're gonna stop staring at you yeah so yeah that was our time there in Europe, 
um, the hotbed of colonization. Uh, the starters, <laughs> the ones who started it all. They even colonized this. <laughs> they even colonized the United States. That's true. Uh, Where's our next trip to? Um, our next trip is to Africa. I gotta go. Yeah, I just have to go, and I, I know that's stereotypical and hotepian and all the whole shit. Who but cares? who cares? Who says hotepian? People think that that's like, ridiculous. Oh, just, just, whatever the fuck, I'm going because I want to go and I want to see where I could possibly be from. Or I don't even care. I don't even have to be from that country. I just want to be there. I just want to see some black people. I think it's important to support the, the tourism time. in Africa. It is extremely yeah. important to support the tourism in Africa. And if you're a white person doing so, don't come back wearing all the shit. And that's not with, cute taking here. pictures with little black babies. Yeah. Do not do that. Stop doing that's that. That's so weird. Stop doing that. Um, one thing that I, I would like to say is that, yeah, I really listened to Maya. It's all about me, probably uh-uh. like seven times in a row when <laughs> I was there. Are, we're in the. Are you going to get that song is the bop of the decade. Y'all need to go and support Maya. I want what y'all need to do right now is get Maya a check, get her streams up, and listen to it's all about me. The technical composition of that song was just crazy. The lyrics not that great. Cisco wrote it, but Cisco is like if Patty Labelle and Casey and JoJo and Keith Sweat had a threesome, had a baby, it would be Cisco. It's so great. Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Before.